Hello, you're listening to A Little Bit of Largan, a podcast about finding a more balanced, sustainable and mindful approach to living. Taking inspiration from the Swedish concept of Largan, a moderate choice between extremes. The podcast explores how this philosophy can be applied to all aspects of your life, to improve your well-being, the well-being of others and of the planet too. So in today's episode, I had the absolute pleasure of talking with Randy Simino, the founder of the business Greener Kinder Smarter, the No Waste Store. Randy is a full-time anesthesia veterinary technician who recently opened a low-waste bulk store called Greener Kinder Smarter, the No Waste Store. She's always had a love for the environment and all types of animals. I can definitely connect with this. The mission of the store is to make low-waste living easier and more accessible for everyone. So in this conversation, we talk a lot about how Randy set up this business, the challenges she faced along the way, along with why she's so passionate about living a more zero-waste life, and practical, realistic tips we can all take away to try and live a more sustainable life. I have so much admiration for Randy and what she's achieving having a full-time job in something that's so physically and mentally demanding and still being able to try and set up this business alongside it, I think is so amazing and I really do wish you all the best moving forwards, Randy. Her honesty within the conversation is also something that's so refreshing and I'm really, really grateful for and I hope that you guys will enjoy this episode as much as I enjoyed speaking with her. Before I ramble on for too much longer, let's get into today's episode. So I'm here with Randy Simono. Hi, Randy. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate it. Hi. Thanks for having me on. Oh, you're more than welcome. How are you doing? I'm doing well. It's been yeah. a good day. I just got back from my store and uh, getting ready to make dinner. Amazing. Good oh, good. I'm glad to hear that. So just for the listeners and for myself as well, would you mind telling us a little bit about who you are and what you do and yeah, how you've come to start the zero waste business that you're sure. running. Sure. Um, so I live in the United States in the state of Pennsylvania. I've lived here my entire life um, in different parts of it, but um, I've been here in the house that I live in for 18 years. I am 45 years old. I thought I would share my age so that age doesn't matter about starting new adventures and things like that. So, um, so I'm 45. I've been married for 18 years to my best friend. Uh, we don't have any children, but we have two pugs that, um, we spoil rotten. I love and pugs. So I know, I they're so cute. They're adorable. <laughs> <laughs> um, I am a full-time anesthesia slash surgery tech veterinarian technician that I do full-time on top of the store that I've just started. And I think that the way that I've come into the zero waste bulk type of thing is through my childhood. Uh, I've always loved the environment. I've loved animals. Um, They're my two main passions. I also love food too. That's another passion of mine. Me too, Um, for sure. Yeah. (laughs) And that's all to my husband. He's a really good cook. So he's opened my eyes to a lot of different foods. But through growing up, I actually 
as a child would go, and it's going to sound like a weird story, we would go vacationing at my father's hunting cabin. So some people would think that's very strange. It was actually like a club, and they had this beautiful cabin, and it was on over 2,000 acres of land. We could rent it for a week at a time during the summer. So my whole family would go up there and we would see amazing animals all week long. There was no hunting going on while we were vacationing there or anything like that. But we would see black bear, we would see deer, coyotes, mm. porcupines, like anything you can think of that would be in this area. I did see a bobcat once in the wild. That's awesome. So it was amazing. Growing up, doing that every year, it was the best vacation I could have thought to have as a child. So seeing them in their own environment kind of got me into really loving the outdoors, loving in the environment trying to take care of animals, making sure, you know, we were doing the right things, not feeding them, not getting too close to them, but being able to observe them in their natural habitat. Yeah. And then as I got older, I also got really into the ocean and ocean life and decided that I wanted to be a marine biologist. I have a bachelor's degree in marine science, which was so much fun going to school for, but it was not an easy career to pick. And I ended up not working in it. I had a few jobs that kind of were linked to that, but nothing that really stuck. And as I was looking for that job I wanted, I started becoming a veterinary technician. And that's how I ended up getting into that field. So I've been a veterinarian technician for about 21 years now. Wow. The last 12 of it has been a lot of hard work. I'm working in an emergency referral hospital, so it's very busy. We get all sorts of cases. It's not just, you know, puppies and kittens and fun stuff. <laughs> I work in the surgery department. I do anesthesia, so I see all sorts of strange and bizarre surgeries that we do, like knee um, surgeries, we do eye surgery, I've even mm. seen a brain surgery recently. Oh my gosh. Yeah, so all different things. Occasionally I get to scrub into surgery, which is awesome too. Um, but being in this field and getting older, it's very physically demanding because of the size of the animals sometimes. I'm on my feet 10 to 12 hours a day and it can be stressful and the hours are long. Through the process of doing this for so long, I've been looking into something else that I was passionate about. And that's how I came to start this store that I've opened. Like I've been looking for a while and it was the only other thing that when I figured it out, I was like, that's what I wanna do. Mm -hmm. So that's how I got into opening Greener, Kinder, Smarter, the No Waste Store. And it's no as in K-N-O-W, as in know what waste you have or are wasting, I guess. So that's how we are here today. Wow, that's super cool. I love a good pun. So that's a great name. <laughs> like My husband really helped me with that one. I have to give him credit. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's really great. Um, it's amazing how you've managed to balance doing that alongside still doing the job that you're doing with such like intense hours and yeah, like you were saying, it being so physically demanding. So it's amazing that you managed right. to 
to do I have that. cut back a day. I got rid of one day at the hospital mm-hmm. so that I could do um, a few days at the, the market that I'm at for the shop. Mm-hmm. So it's worked out well. Mm-hmm. Luckily, it's I'm in a farmer's market, so it is not open all week long. And I get to choose what days I want to be open. So with my schedule, I was able to choose Thursday, Fridays, and Saturdays. So I have three days that I'm there. And um, so far, it's working out great. I do hope to move along and be open more on, because I could be open on Wednesdays and Sundays also. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's awesome. So have you faced any challenges with it so far? I will say the challenges that I've faced um, getting started um, were definitely budget, trying to figure out how much money I could come up with. Um, I don't have a lot in savings that I was willing to put into the business. So I did a budget, put everything together and realistically to have a store, this dream store that I want, I am nowhere near that. So. I started to do another budget and think about on a smaller scale. And that's how I came into looking into the farmer's markets. I was trying to think of, you know, doing pop-ups with the bulk food part of it. It wouldn't be that easy. I would have to have probably a big trailer and things like that. So I was able to look into the farmer's market and go from there. And luckily was able to get a space. It's called the Trenton Farmer's Market. It's in Lawrence Township, New Jersey, which is right next to Trenton, New Jersey. It's like the oldest farmer's market that's around and it's indoors too. So that helps. So that I would say budget and finding a space was the first major problem. So I was able to just work around my budget, figure out, you know, the amount of money that I could have and go from there. And another problem obviously was covid happening I was going to open much earlier and then COVID started and of course you're scared to open a business during this time at my job that I'm at my other job we are open because we're considered essential for the animals and I wasn't allowed to work anywhere else at the time because they didn't want you working in multiple places like coming in contact with more and more people Mm-hmm. So I had to wait until that was um, taken away, which was finally taken away in June. Mm-hmm. So I was worried about location because of traffic and, you know, marketing and things like that. But that's why I love the idea of the market because it already had the people there. It already had people that were looking for fresh local produce. So I thought it would be a good fit. Nice. And have you seen like a lot of interest in it so far? Yeah, I have. Luckily, the manager of the market is great. She has helped a lot and she loved the idea of me coming in. And I started a Facebook page prior to starting just to let everybody know that I was starting it. And she helped and spread the word about it also. So there was actually people showing up before I was even there, which I felt bad about, but that that was cool. And so she's helped with that to get like the people that she knew, people that already follow the Trenton Farmers Market page Mm -hmm. to get on board. And I've had a lot of people come in and say that they're like happy that it's in the area because there's not really anything that close to us. So overall, I think uh, that it's been very positive, the feedback that I've gotten from the community. That's great to hear. 
And I quickly just want to pick up on what you were saying about budget and that mm-hmm. I think it's amazing that rather than kind of abandoning your big dreams, you found a way that realistically you could still make it work. And I think that that's such an important message for people that if there's something you really want to pursue, you don't have to go for the big, massive dream yeah. version of it. You do what's suitable and practical for your situation. So I think yeah. that's so great. I mean, it took time and it took like really looking into things and being like, oh, this is just something that I'm thinking about. And I started writing notes. And so it did take some time to get to that. But yeah, if there's something that you want to do, there's always some way to figure something out that you can do or even to be a part of it. It was, um, it took a while, but I was able to figure it out. You were saying that a big mission of your store is to make low waste living easier and more accessible Mm -hmm. I think a lot there tends to be a misconception that buying zero waste alternatives can be more expensive but do you think that this is not necessarily the case and that actually it can be accessible for people to be able to access more zero waste alternatives I do think it is possible I just think it's going to take some time I think with it being a newer I mean, it's been around for a long time now, but it, I feel like people are just starting to become, at least in the U.S., getting more into the low waste slash zero waste um, type of lifestyle. Some companies take advantage of things like that and sell things for much more than they should be selling them for to make a profit, which all businesses want to make a profit. I want to make a profit, but I'm trying to find the alternatives that are at reasonable prices Um, Some of my things are a little bit more expensive, but you also have to look at the the length of the product. You're buying something that is reusable. Uh, You continue to reuse it. You can clean it. So over time, the, the price might be a lot at the beginning, you think, but over time, it actually ends up being cheaper than buying cheap throw away things because you continually have to, to purchase them. I think you need to research who you're purchasing from. I have found that the bulk foods that I've um, been able to find and purchase and the majority of them are organic from my research and from people that have bought stuff from me have been very happy with the prices that I have. Like I always thought, oh, the packaging probably doesn't cost that much, but like the smaller versions of things, they really do add on a lot of money to them. So food wise, I think easily could be accessible and not expensive. It's the little gadgets and knickknacks and things like that, that can be um, expensive. But I would just suggest to, if it's too expensive, find a different route you know, use old towels as your paper towels or, you know, do DIY things, things like that. Yeah, I've definitely found that there's a zero waste shop near where I live at the moment um, with the food items that are in bulk. You do find that actually they are very cost effective. Like I think a lot of them are actually cheaper than what I'd be able to buy in a standard supermarket in packaging. Um, but it is, it's those more kind of sustainable alternative items, kind of a bamboo toothbrush, for example, or things like that, which are a bit more expensive. Yeah. It's just weighing up your situation, I guess, and whether they are switches you can make at the moment and 
I love the point you made about using like say towels that you already have instead of buying a sustainable dishcloth alternative or something because yeah I think the most sustainable thing you can use is what you already have exactly Um, yeah Yeah, that's so true and I mean I haven't always been zero waste this is a newer concept I've always tried to been conscious of the environment and things like that but not really about the waste that I produce um so about I'd say five to seven years ago, I started thinking about living less, like needing less. Um, I've always been a little frugal, but um, if I wanted something, I just got it. And I didn't think about like, that I need it? Was it wasteful? Like, am I gonna eventually just throw this away? So when I started trying to use less waste stuff, I did, I just started doing DIY, like laundry soaps and um, cleaners, And I have used towels in my kitchen that I use to wipe the counters down and then just rewash them instead of going out and buying brand new towels, like the cute kitchen towels. And I I do sell kitchen towels, but like that's an alternative. You can just use old um, rags, old t-shirts, things like that. Yeah, that's a great tip for sure. Um, So you said you've been kind of moving towards zero waste for the past like five to seven years. How did you go about kind of starting making that transition? I don't know if it started with, I was a little obsessed with tiny living Mm. and I still live in my same house. I didn't move into a tiny house or anything like that, but I started to really feel that if I had less, I would stress less. Um, bills have always been a major stressor for me, money, things like that. So I felt like maybe I could be less stressed if I had less and had less bills. So I started to look into things, seeing what I could get rid of, what I didn't need, things like that. I still want a tiny house, but my husband doesn't want one. So, (laughs) um, he likes, he loves the cook and has way too much cooking stuff. So, but it was just like starting to do that. I've always gardened and loved to be outside. So, you know, I didn't use pesticides, things like that. Um, I started looking into composting. I've done that for several years now um, in different versions, which I love doing because just throwing traps away, you can either use them for something else or you can compost them and then you have this great soil for your garden for the next year. And then just probably about three or four years ago on Facebook, I think I saw a ad for a store that was a zero waste bulk store, which I didn't really know about. I'd seen some bulk things before, but nothing like this store was. And so I started to research it. I was like, oh, this would be great, you know, to go shopping, be able to do this. I don't care about carrying my own containers, things like that. And I couldn't find anything near me. So I, through my research, I actually found this one place and it's actually in the UK and their website had a like how to create your own store. Like they, they kind of did it. Uh, go through of what they their process and what they did so I loved everything about that and that's what got me thinking about starting a store like this the store that I found earth food love the zero waste shop 
Have you ever heard of that? No, actually no. Um, And it says it's in the UK, but I, I forget where in the UK. Um, okay. But it was this young couple that just had a baby and they started their own shop and I loved everything about it. This world has come to, we're all doing too many things. We're too busy. Everything needs to be quick. Everything needs to be throwaway so you don't have to do anything with it. Um, even toys are like that now. And it just started to, I started seeing it more and just being like realizing like all of the things that we just waste. Mm -hmm. And so I just, anything I could do, sorry if you can hear that, the dog scratching at the door. So anything I could do and easy little things. And like, I didn't change everything. I still haven't changed everything. It's just little things. As I said, using regular plates instead of paper plates. <laughs> um, uh, using water bottles, like you're uh, take, you know, not buying water in plastic bottles, taking lunches to work instead of going and purchasing them that are in plastic, like salads that come in the plastic bowls, things like mm -hmm. that. So that's kind of how I got into it and my journey through it, I guess. Mm, nice. No, that's that's super helpful advice for people listening as well. I'm sure and. Yeah, I think it's that thing of not feeling like you have to do everything all at once and just looking at your life and being like, what can I do in my situation? I definitely relate to what you were saying when you start kind of seeing the disposable sort of society of everything being throwaway. It's yeah, when you do start seeing it, it is so scary and you see it everywhere and it can yeah. feel very overwhelming and you almost don't know where to start because yeah. it's just... Everywhere. Everywhere. Yeah. yeah like even like walking into a store now I'm like before I just saw products I didn't see the packaging that everything came in and with the recycling you know the U.S. and other countries send their waste to other countries and China no longer is accepting our recycling unless it's it can't be just any recycling that they take. It has to be clean. It can't be, you know, um, dirtied at all. Because before, like, recycling was, you felt like you were doing something good. Not that recycling's bad, but it's just not what it used to be or it's not what it's thought to be. And yeah. so then to see all that and then to see the pictures of all of the trash that's just being piled in other countries, it's horrible. And to walk into stores now i see all these plastic bottles and i'm like oh gosh that's just going to landfill it's not being recycled and it's yeah it's very overwhelming yeah because i think it's the difference now as well between things might be classified as recyclable but it doesn't mean that you're living in an area where even your council will take them to be recycled or you can't guarantee that the recycling plant that it's going to has the capacity to deal with it and yeah yeah, it's almost something you do have to think a lot more about because you can easily be tricked into thinking that, oh, I'm recycling, I'm doing something good, but you can't be sure that it is being recycled. So the better alternative is to just try and avoid the plastics in the first place yeah. where you can. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly the thought behind it is if you don't get the plastic, then you don't have to worry about getting rid of the plastic. And it does, it depends on your township, the rules for each different township. Um, some people may have lived in one township and move and they think that it's the same and it's completely different. 
where my mom lives, which is only 15 minutes away, she has to separate everything. Like her paper can't be with her plastic and her glass has to be different. For me, um, I can have everything in one container and then they separate it at um, the recycling plant. So yeah, it's different. Um, if you're not following the rules, then that just goes to landfill. Yeah, it's similar for me. Like my parents, for them, they have to separate everything out. Yeah. And then here you just have your recycling and your food waste. Yeah. Um, and then obviously general waste. But even things like Tetra packs, you know what like almond milk or oat milk come in, like the cartons, they can only be recycled if you take them to a specific recycling center. Oh, okay. Yeah, whereas in some places they can go straight in the normal recycling. And it's yep. like that that you can just miss out on because the container itself might say it's recyclable, but your area might not be doing it. So Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And like there's bags, plastic bags, um, certain places will take them and recycle them, but that, but you can't put them in the recycling bin. You have to take them to usually a grocery store. Um, and with COVID, they're not accepting them now. Some places still do, but not everybody. Um, luckily, uh, near me and actually near the market is a place called TerraCycle that's in Trenton, New Jersey, and you can buy boxes to where you can have things that wouldn't normally be recycled okay. plastics um, and sent to them and they figure out a way to recycle them. You do have to pay for things, but it is a really cool idea to have that around. So a lot of people do use that. I have a box at my market for, for plastic bags. So you can just throw them into this box and then I ship it to them and they take care of them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So say, for example, um, if someone's living in an area where maybe they don't have access to a zero waste shop, for example, like you were saying, when you first looked into it, you didn't really have one in your area. Um, what advice would you give to them to try and reduce their plastic waste if there isn't necessarily a zero waste shop available for them? You know, you could look into doing your own creations, DIY type stuff. Um, I've also seen people, like if they do have bulk stores, but not zero waste bulk stores, like a um, restaurant store or a Sam's Club. Are you familiar with a Sam's Club? No, but I think we have like Costco, similar okay, type yeah. thing. Yeah. Just like Costco, yeah. So you could go buy in bulk. You might not be able to get away with getting no plastic, but maybe you can get less plastic. Um, and if you don't want that much, share it with a neighbor or a friend. Um, I've seen a bunch of people doing that. We also have a restaurant depot that's near us. And mm. so it's mainly for people that have restaurants. Um, but if you have um, a tax ID and also during COVID, they let anyone come in and you can purchase food from there. And they, a lot of it isn't in plastic, like their produce and stuff but you can buy large amounts. So you could go and buy the large amounts and then split that all up. Right. Um, so it's another kind of way of doing it. And you can always look online, but there again, you wanna research who you're buying from, how they're packaging the stuff that they're shipping to you. It's amazing looking into this and researching it. Like certain things come in big 
plastic buckets. They're like five gallon buckets, but I'll repurpose them in some way. I've found other places that are like, oh yeah, we have all of this neat, sustainable stuff and everything was packaged in plastic and shipped to you. Oh my God. So it's, you do have to look into the packaging part of it also if you're buying online yeah, to make sure definitely. that you're just not adding on top of it. Yeah, for sure. When you start looking into these things, obviously, like we were saying, it's so overwhelming. Have you found ways that you've had to try and balance the kind of influx of information to help you make more informed choices, but not having so much of that information that it almost paralyzes you a bit? Have you found that? A lot of the stuff that I see online, especially with the pictures of the waste in the oceans and things like that, I kind of have to not look at all of it because it's so upsetting. Like I know it's there, but I can't just continue to read more and more and more about it because it's just, it's very stressful. Like it just stresses me out. I try not to look into every single little detail Um, details can become even more overwhelming when someone's like okay so you should rather have a glass jar over a tin jar because when glass is being made this carbon footprint is Mm. left and then with the tin this is if I get that much information I just seem to like shut down so I try to do the best that I can do and not judge anybody um, for their options and hope that they're not judging me for my options. But I just try to do what I think is reasonable and sustainable. Yeah. I just try the basics, you know, no plastic, um, trying to do mostly organics, all natural type of things, making sure that they're coming from a company that Um, isn't a huge company. I've been doing much smaller um, mom and pop type companies. um, Some of my liquid uh, cleaners are coming from a woman who started her own company because she was looking for all natural cleaning products for her and her household and couldn't find what she was happy with. So then she created this little company that is doing great. So um, not going and purchasing everything from Amazon is another thing. Yeah, like so much better to try and go straight to like the independent supplier themselves and support the independent businesses. Yeah, that's really useful information. Thank you. I feel bad now that I said something about Amazon, but um, because I actually did deliver for them for like a season as a part-time job because I needed extra money for the holidays. At that point, that was a new thing. Um, that I learned was if you think about all of the stuff that they're doing and how quickly they're doing it and it's just not very sustainable no not at all I think that's a big thing in general the larger a company gets and the more demand there is it becomes less sustainable because there's just more and more demand and that sort of substantial growth continuing all the time is just not sustainable and it's so damaging yeah Yeah. but I think it's amazing that you're you're finding like you're taking that time to find the independent businesses I think is so valuable um yeah it's wonderful to hear that you're doing that yeah yeah and it was actually kind of fun I mean it's totally different than what I'm used to doing so like at night when I was sitting uh watching tv I would just like 
kind of research things and buy new things. And then when they would accept me as a whole, like to buy from them wholesale, I'd be like all excited. And so it was kind of fun actually. Yeah. And I guess it's, it's more personal as well. Um, mm -hmm. because you know that in, because they're a smaller scale, you get more of that sense of community, I suppose, with the people that you're kind of yeah. exchanging with. Exactly. Cool. Well, I just have one more question for you. Okay. And that relates to the title of this podcast being a little bit of Largum, which is this notion of balance and not living in excess, kind of a little bit and not too much in this sweet spot in the middle. So I was just wondering if there's something specific that you've done today or this week or a habit that you've adopted that you feel helps you find a little bit of Largum in your life. Um, I have a few different things. Um, right now, I'm not as balanced as I should be with starting the, the business and everything, but I do try to relax and not stress myself out too much. And I think two of the main things that I do is when I get home, uh, my husband's usually not home when I get home. He gets home later, so I take time to spend with my dogs um, either sit outside with them or sit on the couch and let them run around like crazy mm. and put my phone down, put my computer away and not think about work or the, the shop and things like that. And another thing is sometimes when my husband is home, we sit out back, at least when it's nice out and I drink a beer and we just talk and sometimes I'm out there by myself too. And just like listening to the birds that are out there just trying to just get away from the day. Yeah. Yeah. I used to love yoga, but I haven't done it in a while, especially with COVID because then the gym's closed and I like to go to classes instead of doing it at home, especially with the two dogs because they attack me every time. <laughs> um, but so I haven't done it in a while, but yoga used to be a huge thing for me and I love that. Nice. Yeah, I think that's a nice point to make as well, that there are things that like fluctuate and at one point in your life, it's something that feels really accessible and helps bring you a lot of balance. But when your situation changes, suddenly maybe it's something else that helps you find that calm a little bit. So it's nice to hear that. Yeah. But yeah, thank you so, so much. It's yeah, been thank you. incredibly lovely speaking with you and yeah, I have so much admiration for what you're doing. I think it's incredible. And the way you're balancing it with everything else that you're doing as well is so amazing. So thank you so much. Oh, thank you for having me. This was great. Mm -hmm. I was a little nervous, but it went well. <laughs> yeah, no, it's wonderful. I think it's, it's one of those things where it's like the idea of it is so much scarier than what it is. Like even me, I still get nervous now when I'm interviewing someone <laughs> <I'm> yeah. like, <laughs> um, it's just so nice to learn from each other and yeah, yeah but yeah just so anyone who's listening if they want to find out more about your business where can they find you like on instagram and facebook what can sure. they search for so on facebook if they just search greener dash kinder dash smarter they can find me on facebook um, Instagram, just find me at the no waste store and that's K N O W for no. Um, so they can find me there. And then if anybody has questions, I haven't been doing this that long, so I'm not <laughs> a pro, but if somebody had questions about starting their own store, they can always email me. And that is at GKS no waste 
at gmail.com. Great. Thank you so much. And oh, you're welcome. Yeah. Thank you again. It's honestly, it's yeah, been really lovely speaking with you and I'm really grateful that you agreed to come on the podcast. I'm glad you contacted me. This was great. Yeah, fab. Well, enjoy the rest of your evening. Okay, you too, since it's probably, what time is it there? <laughs> it's quarter to 12. No. <laughs> Go <laughs> to bed. Yeah, I'll be getting to bed soon. Yeah. Okay, well, thank you. Yeah, thank you so much. Yep, bye-bye. Bye. Thanks so much again to Randy. It was so wonderful speaking with you and I wish you all the best with the business moving forward. I'm excited to see how it develops from here. So that's it for today's episode. I hope that you found the conversation insightful and that you got useful information and tips from the interview. And remember, you don't have to do everything all at once. It's about making a sustainable practice in your life that works for you and doing what you can to help the planet. If you have any questions, any thoughts or information you'd like to share or you'd just like to say hi, you can email me at a little bit of largum at gmail.com or you can drop me a message on Instagram at a little bit of largum. Thank you so much for listening and speak to you again soon. Bye.